Introducing the Two-Way V4, where groundbreaking fuel cell technology meets fresh foam cushioning for the ultimate performance. With fuel cell, each step feels explosive, delivering unparalleled energy return. Paired with fresh foam, experience maximum comfort throughout the game. Its lightweight textile upper offers support and breathability without sacrificing agility. Whether you're hitting the clutch shot or locking down the opposition, the Two-Way V4 gives you the tools to play at a high level. Learn more and purchase the Two-Way for yourself at NewBalance.com. We're back. Welcome into the Alana Enquirer podcast. I'm Jeremy Warner, Alana Enquirer publisher, and Joey Wagner, Alana Enquirer, with me as well. And phase five is here in the Restore Illinois plan. And that means Illinois Athletics today announced there will be 100% capacity allowed at sporting events for the next academic year. That means the Brett Bielema era will open with 60,000 seats available at Memorial Stadium. The Illini basketball team will have more than 15,000 seats available uh, for their season this upcoming year. Huff Hall can host thousands for for wrestling and volleyball and all of that. And uh, the... We move here, Joey Wagner, after 15 months of restrictions. Here we are on June 11th, 2021, and we have official visits happening. I finally met the Illinois coaching staff at a recruiting camp. We got to shake some of their hands for the first time. Uh, Josh Whitman is meeting with us in person for his media roundtable next week. And those of us who are vaccinated can be unmasked at this thing. Brett Bielema is inviting us into the football facility next week for a recruiting tour that he's taking the media on. And Big Ten Media Days is next month. And now today we learned we will have fans, thousands of fans, in the stands at Memorial Stadium in three months. Uh, I used to do this a lot on the radio show. But society back, Joey? <laughs> yeah, man. And it is awesome. It is Awesome. It has been such a long 15 months. I will say, like, I've been watching the NBA playoffs, and Utah was lit last night. Phoenix has been – is that what the kids say? Phoenix has been lit. Like, it, it looks awesome. And, like, I will tell you, I'm still a little bit mentally, like, catching up. Like, I'm so used to, like, do not get near me. I do not want to be in large <laughs> groups of people. And I, I understand there's safety, man. I get all that. And I'm not saying we shouldn't have it, but I it take like for as long as it took me to get used to empty stadiums, it's taking me time to get used to normal stadiums, but it's great. I'm glad it's happening. I'm really interested in, in what or we'll say Memorial Stadium first because that's the first thing up. Like that is the first thing in college football that is uh more yeah. I mean the, the power five power five matchup. I don't know what it's going to look like. I think there's so many factors, Jeremy, that go into this. One, people are pumped up about Brett Bielema. Like, this isn't carrying water. This isn't trying to to pat the – they've pressed a lot of the right buttons to get people invested and interested in this program that I think they're going to want to come out. And two, they haven't been there since December of – was it 2019, right? The, the Northwestern, that rainy, miserable, terrible, everybody was out game against Northwestern before they went to the bowl game. It's been so long. since. I mean, yeah, the spring game, that's fine. There's a couple thousand, but this is – it's a different thing. So I think you put all those factors, and in my mind, I'm like, this could look pretty cool uh, on October 28th. Well, to be honest with you, it reminds me a little bit about the hype leading into Lovey Smith. 
right? And, and I do think Brett Bielma's got a roster that's more capable of, of winning football games right now. Though that team had some veterans, they had some talent, some future NFL guys. Um, I, I feel like this team, there, there's a reason to think that, hey, this guy who's got all these kids to buy in, maybe they can win that game against a team they beat last year, against a team that lost a lot to the transfer portal last year. But it's just so great that they're going to be there. And I, I, I thought about this before we did this pod, okay? I, I can't stand that I have to sit here as, as a media person to think about what are my mentions going to be like if I say something positive about the vaccines. I, that, that's ridiculous that I have to think of. So I'm going to be honest with you. Thank you all the people who got vaccines. Because that is why we are here where we're here today. And, and John Sally, who's who's my former boss at the uh, Daily Chronicle, who's my sports editor there, he's now covering local news for, for Shaw Media. And every day he's been giving these updates of what the trends are, what the information is, what the cold hard facts of all the pandemic are, whether it's cases, hospitalizations, um, you know, deaths, all, all those different things. And we've, I've seen these, I've watched them daily and these numbers have been scary at times. They've been depressing at times, but ever since we all started getting vaccinated and Joey and I are vaccinated, I'm willing to share that. And I'm proud to be vaccinated. Like those numbers have just gone off a cliff. Right. And, and they're going way down and everything's opening. And I went uh, to the grocery store today and I put my mask on just because that's what I've been doing. And I want people to feel comfortable. But the first time I went in there and I saw people on masks, I did. I, I was like happy about it. I wasn't like, hey, what's that guy doing or what's that lady doing? Like for the first time I'm sitting there going like, yes, we, we are turning this corner. And I, I'm like, I can think of taking that thing off. Like I've been in a restaurant with that off. I've, and I felt comfortable because I've taken care of myself. And I feel like a lot of people out there are taking care of others. And that's what this whole thing has been about. And no matter what your political beliefs are, what your vaccination beliefs are, like that has helped us. Like they have been very safe and very effective uh, so far. And that's why we're getting back to where we are. So I applaud all of you that have done that. And if that makes you angry, I'm sorry. Uh, not really, but <laughs> um, I, I'm just happy these last two, three months, how many people have done that to get us back to normal and to get us back to where I'm going to my best friend's wedding this week. He had to, he had to postpone it a year because of the because of COVID. And I'm going there this week and I'm so pumped to be part of like 400 people there. And I'm completely comfortable with it because I've, I've done my job. We're outside. It's all good. And it's just like, we are back. And now the sports news, you've seen it in the NBA. You've seen it. And now I'm, I have the Cardinals and Cubs in a full capacity Wrigley, Joey. It's awesome. It's so awesome to see. And boy, we're so much more appreciative of these kind of things after the last year. Yeah. I mean, I, YouTube TV, I do not have Cardinals and Cubs pulled up because it's horrible at this moment, but um, it it's just relieving, right? I, I mean, you just look at it and you're like, man, like this is what it was like before. Like, I don't even want to walk through how much my mind, like I live by myself. And so like from March to, I don't know, May, May two months, I mean, you're just kind of hanging out by yourself. You maybe go to the grocery store now to get back and to take that step I feel comfortable seeing my family. I know you do as well. I mean, I too had two weddings postponed last year and a chance to get there and celebrate this moment that has been waiting forever. And then for us, for, from a little we'll circle back, I don't know people don't listen to this to, to care what we're doing over the weekend or weddings, but in person, in person. And Jeremy, I can't even begin to tell you how excited I am to have in-person interviews, whether that's 
one, it's just so much more comfortable. My goodness, Zooms. I, I, I get it. And I think they've been a utility that's helped us tremendously. They're so much better than the teleconferences we started with back in March. Those were, if I never saw a teleconference again, it'd be too soon. Yeah. Those were horrible. And now I think there'd still be reason to use Zoom. Why would, I mean, there's so many ways it can connect. We've talked about it in recruiting and surely it's going to still be a part in some capacity of what we do. We're using it right now for these podcasts. I I think, you know, some people like watching, you know, us talk. So I I like to do that and I like to see you face to face rather than just call you up on the phone. I think it's a useful tool. And to be able to be at a a practice, and look, we don't know what the exact, we know we have two in-person things coming up next week assuming those aren't going to be two and then stop, right? It's my assumption they're going to continue uh, in some capacity. But just to to see things in person, to talk to somebody face-to-face. Jeremy, this is a new coaching staff. I know you met a lot of them this week, or a handful of them. They're pretty well represented at yep. North Central there. We haven't, like, looked face-to-face yep. with a lot of these guys. And, and here we are asking them to tell us about who they are and their stories and all of this. We've never even – Look, like, I don't know how many coaches on Thursday when we go in there are going to know. You know what I mean? Like, we, we've talked to them, but at some point for them, it's just 20 faces on a Zoom yeah. screen, you know, peppering them with questions. and Or a Twitter you know, account. Yeah. Yeah, or a Twitter account. So that just to have that and then just to pull somebody aside, not even for a quote or just to talk, you know, hey, what's going on? How are you? That that's the stuff we've missed so much. And we've all taught, I mean, we've all had the same quotes and I get it. I'm not, I I think the Illinois SIDs have done a knockout job over the last 15 months getting us access, but it's all been the same, right? 20 people have the same quotes, the same this, and I understand that, but to be different, to get a chance to kind of fly again a little bit, as as weird as that sounds. And then for the fans, man, just to be back, to see this and, and you're right. I mean, Bielma's got a roster that's better than what there, – there, so there are so many similarities to what Brett is – where this is right now and where Lovey, except for I think this roster, and as you mentioned, combined with Nebraska, imagine if Lovey's tenure gets kicked off with a win, yeah. right? If, if they win that game. Remember Keyshawn Vaughn with the long touchdown run to give him the lead, 60,000 people, the, the – it was kind of yeah. like the Devin Hester return, right? In the Super Bowl. It's like, oh, right. my, they might actually do this. And then some guy named Mitch Trubisky just went off. And it was <laughs> How many times have you said that since that exact moment? But, you know, it wouldn't have changed anything long-term. But buzz, right? It could have continued. And right now, Brett Bielema and his coaching staff are like a snowball rolling downhill, collecting all this buzz and to go as long as you can with that 60,000, man, yeah. it's just normalcy again. Well, I do want to talk about just like, I want to get into the fan part of it and I'm going to have uh, Mike Carpenter on the podcast on Monday just to talk about, you know, being back and, and you know, fans and, and all of this stuff, because there's such a huge part. I mean, why do you go to games? You could sit on your TV and get such a great experience nowadays. It's be a part of that community. It's be a part and be around people. And I, I just had that, like one of the reasons I like to visit these recruits and go wherever they are, um, go to all the camps they can and, and be at every spot rather than just sit in my, in my house and, and call people or DM them is because there's nothing like face-to-face contact, right? Like 
you get to know somebody, you see their body language, you know, you get to know who they are and there's just more natural conversation uh, when you're in person. So even if it was just a few minutes with some of those Illinois coaches, it was nice. And I think it was nice for them too, just to like see people and get out on the road um, and, and put, put a face to somebody and be like, oh, that's a real person, not just a talking head looking at me in a Zoom conference or or some guy on Twitter. Um, so I, I think for media access, you're already seeing in baseball, these clubhouses are open. Um, obviously, we won't get that at the college level, but if we get back to training camp, I hope Brett lets us see a little bit of training camp. I hope we get in-person interviews, and I expect that to be the case, uh, at least the in-person interviews. Um, I, I think that's going to give you so much better coverage. I think you're going to be able to get more out of players. You're going to learn more about the coaches. You're going to learn more about the team. Uh, so I, I think that's a great thing for fans, not just us media, but for fans to get to know about their team. Uh, then, then from the staff perspective, I, I will say this, Joe, I, w- I wanted to like throw this out there. Like There was a silver lining to these restrictions for Brett Bielema and, and um, the pandemic rules, right? Because – one, to be able to get the super seniors back, it completely changes his first season. Completely. It should, right? If, if he didn't have the super senior, you know, your whole, entire offensive line, like who's the starting offensive line this year? Who's the starting defensive line this who's year? Who's, who, who's the starting outside linebackers? Who's the starting quarterback? Art Sikowski probably, right? Or they'd have to go get somebody else. Maybe they wouldn't have been able to get somebody like Alan Bowman or Tyler Shaw, but I doubt it because they went to better programs, right? More proven programs. So it's probably Art Sikowski and I don't know, is Isaiah Williams still at quarterback? <laughs> I don't know. But like all of those questions, there'd be so many more questions about the roster. And in my opinion, it would have been the worst roster in the Big Ten. Now, I think you have a roster that in the Big Ten West can be very competitive. I, I think you can you can win several Big Ten games um, this year. And it, it, it comes down to coaching. It comes down to how the players respond to all those things. But that's one aspect of it. But the other aspect of it is, a lot of the players they have in their class are probably quote-unquote sleepers, but a lot of them are in-state kids that weren't able to play until the spring, weren't able to camp. Like Jordan Anderson, that's a kid who should have had several Power 5 offers by the fall. But he didn't because he didn't play, and he wasn't able to go to camps or anything last summer and this spring, and coaches weren't able to see him. So Illinois, I think, got a little fortunate with Jordan Anderson. Malachi Hood might be similar in that aspect. Maybe Hank Beatty. Uh, I don't know about Clayton Leonard, but like Boyer, Henry Boyer. uh, I know some other schools were really wanting to get on campus, and Illinois offered him, saw him, and they decided to get him. So we'll see how many of those guys work out, Joey. But I, I do think there was a little bit of hey we they got some they got a chance to catch up a little bit and and maybe evaluate these guys a little bit better so there is a silver lining of that of course the the negative was they weren't able to get on the road right they weren't able to host kids in January February uh, when they could really build some buzz and and I think the staff's going to do really really well in person so there were some good things and some bad things about those restrictions but there were a few silver linings of it. Let me go back real quick, not to harp on this point, but we talked about the in-person interviewing, right? When we had, quickly just to go inside baseball a little bit, we had Isaiah or Isaiah Gay on a Zoom earlier, and I asked him, he has his hashtag about his little sister, and it turned out he was very open about sharing that, which probably isn't always the case on a Zoom with 23 strangers looking at you. And I saw him at Kendra Green's brother's house, and we had talked, and I said, look, man, I... Sorry if I put you on the spot with that. I, I thought it was interesting. Uh, I know that's probably not the best forum uh, for, for that kind of discussion, but I appreciate you sharing. He's like, yeah, it was 
you know, <laughs> a little, little strange, but it was no big deal. I was glad to be asked. So that's for people who think like we're just complaining because we have to share a Zoom with, with 19 other questions that, that don't really flow. That's really why, because there are there are questions, I think, that even maybe you and I, I don't want to say it backed off on, but it's like, is this really the right space to, yeah. to go into this and to put somebody else on the spot? And, and when would it be better served? So that's when we talk about that, isn't just us complaining, like we can't see Brandon Peters throw a pass. Well, yeah, we want to see that. But it, beyond that, it, it's also just a way to help, you know, our coverage and help share some of these stories. Well, like, I, I know, you know, you have a list of some of your favorite features you do, right? But like for me, two of my, one of my favorite features was my Andres Felice feature. And I wouldn't be able to do that over a Zoom. Maybe a, maybe a one-on-one Zoom, but it's still just a little bit awkward. Like I was sitting in his in the Illinois basketball locker room on these comfy chairs of him telling me his life story. Right. So it was, it was just it wasn't like a I ask question you answer. I, it was more just like a conversation, right, where you can get comfortable and they'll share that stuff. So um, that's what I'm excited about um, is is being and just to have better you know kind of understanding uh and of these people and, and what makes them tick and to be able to see them and view them uh in person i think will be great uh but uh, most importantly for the fans man like I, I it stinks that they were not able to be at state farm center to see io DeSumo and kofi coburn and all those guys have the season that they did i know it was a disappointing finish but it was special watching that stretch of what you know 15 wins and 16 games like it was it was special to be there, and I, I didn't take it for granted that we were some of the few ones, Joey, that were able to witness that in person, um, and, and that's the sad part of this, and it's why I keep harping, and hopefully somebody hears me. I'm sure they've come up with the idea, too, but you know, with both those guys qualifying for their jerseys to be hung in the rafters, I maybe they'll be too busy with their NBA schedules, but I hope they can bring Io DeSumo Kofi Coburn back for one day, whether it's November, whether it's even October right for a football game and you know you can go over to the state farm center or you can just have those two there to have a moment where those two are, are really appreciated like that and of course there's there's other players in the team who have contributed but you'll see demonte williams you'll see trent frazier back again so or even georgie right he's not going to be back here but um to have kofi and io like if, if we can have that day because man they deserve it man it was such a shame that they didn't have those days like io uh his senior night you know, nobody was there, not even his family. Um, so that that was unfortunate. You know, I, I keep thinking about how many games, and they did tear off that crazy stretch where they won everything and, and beat the brakes off of some people in, in some capacity. But how many games did we miss that, like, 10 minutes of the State Farm Center going absolutely insane in the middle of an 8 nothing run, 10 nothing run, Andre Corbello throws a pass off the backboard on the other end of the court. It bounces back to Kofi for a dunk. Some ridiculous pass that just sends the place insane. Like that is what we miss. Like we were, we're all, we were all the way up this year and I call them the rich people seats because I, I couldn't have afforded to sit there. But I mean, Ark, look, I'm not complaining. We were some of the 150 people in that building. That was awesome. But like, we miss that. We, we miss that energy. I, I, came up it must have been obviously i think it was march 9th uh this year it's a one year ago was the iowa or the iowa illinois what ended up being the final game of that season and that place was it was rocking mm-hmm. it was a sunday afternoon game and it was just rocking and <laughs> in person we had the whole freaking team in the press room if you'll remember that like 
Brad's like, I bring them all in. And mm-hmm. we were, it was, it was just crazy. And then, it, you know, a couple of days later it was over, but man, all of that, you don't realize how much you miss it until you miss it. Right. right. Until it's just not there. Like how, after a few games, when they started that like sellout stretch where they had sold out, I think it was like five and six or something of six and seven. And you're like, Oh, this is just normal. Like you, you had covered enough games during the, the don't win forever season where there just wasn't that. But then you're back. It's like, Oh, this is what it is. This is what it's supposed to be. And then for it to just go away and for Io and Kofi and, and Georgie to not have that goodbye feeling. I'm glad. That's why I'm glad Trent and DeMonte get to come yeah. back because they certainly get that. And, and Andre Crabello, they, they, at some point, if they storm the court, they're going to carry him, I suspect <laughs> around the court because he is going to be that guy in, in right. Champaign. He is that, that guy who's going to kind of pull all the, I mean, it's, I'm excited, man. I, I'm really excited. Well, you know, college basketball, college football are, are great products, right? Um, the NBA is a more beautiful game. I'm sorry. Like, I know you uh, like some people like the unpredictability of college sports more. I get that. But the NFL is far more quality, pro- like actual football game most of the time than a college football game, right? The NBA, the skill level just can't compare, uh, the athleticism, the length, all that can't compare to college basketball, right? So her college basketball can't compare to the NBA, but what makes college sports so special is both the quality of play matched with the intense fandom, right? The the fan experience of college sports is unlike any other. When you can get hundreds of thousands of people in a stadium for a college football game, in, in the Big Ten or the SEC, right? Like you go to Penn State and they fill that place and it's nuts. Or Ohio State, uh, Michigan, right? And even Illinois, when they can get a 60,000 crowd, it's insane. Uh, the tailgating, um, the student sections, especially in college basketball, there's just nothing like it. And, and the NBA has great arenas with great fan bases. The NFL does too, but there's something different uh, about college sports and the fans make it. So even though they can drive us crazy on the message boards or our Twitter mentions every once in a while, um, they're so much fun because like, they bring so much passion. They love their team so much. So I'm just happy they're going to be back, man. I will say that, you know, one of my favorite, when I first got on the beat, one of the coolest things was when you park your car and you cross the street and Grange Grove is going off and across that, there's that big grass field and there's tents and tents and people are grilling and, and the parking lots are grilling. It was so weird. Like Wisconsin to me, Jeremy, we were with four or five of us were up there uh, to open the season. And that was like, that's still to me the weirdest because it was the first. And I was like, holy crap, this is so different. But then walking you know, across the street and into Memorial Stadium. It's like, I thought like, what if you're just a car like driving by, right? And, and like, here's a big 10 football game happening inside this stadium. And if you drove by, you would literally probably have no idea. Right. Yeah, unless you knew the schedule and it's a Saturday in the fall. So obviously, right. But like, you walk up, it's like, oh, this is just another, another day in November. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's what whatever. And, and inside it's a freaking big 10. So it's, just the feeling around, and I don't know if it's going to be like, I assume it's going to be like that on August 28th because people are pumped. Yeah. Is it going to be like that all season? I don't know. I have no idea. But to have that idea and that ability back is just exciting. 
But can we can we say one thing? I'm so pumped for fans to be back. Don't act a fool like so many people have at certain oh. games. <laughs> like people running onto the the field, throwing stuff at, at NBA guy. Like don't do that stuff, okay? I know you had a lot of pent up, um, you know, just wanting to see people, wanting to you know be around people. But uh, don't act a fool <laughs> when you get there. Act, act like you've been there before, even though it's been a long time. Can we do who would you most like to least like to be tackled by on the Illinois football team if you ran out on the field? Who's who who immediately comes to mind? Because I think of the biggest guy or the most in, like, I, I think of Owen Carney. I I don't think I would personally enjoy being tackled by Owen Carney. No. Uh, also Moses Akpala is Moses is Sydney. He, I don't want to Sydney yeah. Brown. Well, Moses is like the nicest guy. Like he's really, really good kid. And but he's just he he just looks like ridiculous. So he looks like a gladiator. <laughs> He's just unbelievable. If football doesn't pan out for him, and there's a long way to go. Professional wrestling needs yes. to be on the phone, but hey, dude, what would you name it? Write your chat. Come on in. Like the dude looks great. I, I, think, I think Luke so Ford would be a better wrestler, though. Like the entertainment side of it. Oh, like I think Akpala uh, would look the part. I think Luke Ford would embrace like his Miz like qualities. Oh, it'd be awesome. Yeah, good call. <laughs> and I also would not like to. I wouldn't no. want to be tackled by anybody out there no i don't think anybody i'm taking put my money on sydney brown dude it's so hard ethan tabell would knock the crap out of me so he would have knocked me out with long snapper by the way for you guys who don't know but you should know ethan tabell by this point yeah he's been around for every also ethan tabell probably deserves a podcast he was great on our (laughs) he's a great personality but yeah man it's don't be stupid (laughs) have fun enjoy the community enjoy being around each other drink whatever you want to drink, make grill out in the freaking parking lot, have fun, but stay off the field. Yeah. Don't throw <laughs> stuff. Sorry. Stay <laughs> off the field. Sorry, man. Just have a good time. Uh, we come back. I'm going to have to like bleep that. I think. Yeah, sorry. I got to go back and edit, man. I don't got time for that. Um, we come back. I do want to talk about two new offers uh, that uh, Illinois football has put out there and boy in state, they are, They are following through with their promised in-state coaches and prospects. College football playoff is going to expand likely to 12 teams in a couple years. Uh, But we'll talk about that, what it means for the Big Ten. And we got to talk about the theory about the third assistant with Illinois basketball. We got to embrace how ridiculous this is that it's going this long. And we, we have to speculate about it, Joey. Are you okay with that? That's fine, man. It's Friday when we're reporting this, recording this, so it's my on every Friday. I just live for the hope at four fifty nine we're going to get an email, but yeah. we'll see. All right, we'll do that next in the Illini Enquirer podcast. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 
All right, I won't tease this any longer. Let's just get into the theory. I don't know who Brad Underwood's going to hire. I don't know if he's already locked up a hire. I would imagine it would have leaked through some channel uh, at this point here, Joey, but is an NBA guy. Like that that's the only reason I could think that this would last too long, right? Because we've looked at like could Omar Lowry from from Butler be the guy? Could it be Tim Anderson from DePaul? Like Tim who was at DePaul and now he's just free. Like make that hire right now, right? There's no reason to wait for that hire, especially when kids are coming on campus. So, I am very skeptical of an NBA guy wanting a college job, right? Like you're an NBA assistant. Most coaches would rather not recruit. They'd rather not recruit 16 to 18 year old kids. Now, maybe you're really good at it and you couldn't get an NBA job, so you work the college job. But if you could just coach ball, man, most people would just love to do that. So it'd be a pretty impressive hire if he's able to get an NBA assistant. And maybe that's the one that would blow our mind, right, Brad? Brad doesn't help himself with some of the stuff when he uses the hyperbole he does. Or maybe it's not hyperbole, but you know some of the comparisons he says when he says, hey, people are calling me, that would blow your mind. Um, well, you got to make a pretty impressive hire after that. Otherwise, people are going to be like, man, Brad just really sells it there. Um, but the one guy who would blow my mind if he's able to get him, even though he's unproven as a recruiter because he's never recruited before, is Brian Randall, the former Illini who's gotten into coaching, had a quick rise. He's now a Phoenix Suns assistant coach. So maybe Brad didn't think it would last this long and Phoenix would be probably going to the Western Conference Finals. I just don't know. Like Brian Randall never struck me as a guy who'd want to recruit. He's got a great gig with the Phoenix Suns. So this is just all speculation, by the way, okay? I just want to, want to preface that. But Brian does have family in central Illinois. His wife, Stacia, uh, who I've worked with before, um, is, is from Urbana. Uh, is sister of Erica Harrell, former Miss America. Um, so like there's, there's connections here. Maybe Brian would just want to be here. I don't know. Uh, maybe Brad, I think Brad would really like him. Brad's talked a lot about loyalty, right? He's talked a lot about, you know, Illini guys, guys who want to be here. Uh, Chester Frazier certainly want to be here. So I guess there's a chance it would just shock me that an NBA guy would leave for, for a college assistant gig, Joey. So I, I guess we, I just want to talk about that theory because I'm out of, I, I don't know why it's lasting this long. It makes no sense otherwise, unless it's an NBA guy, but I just think it's hard to get an NBA guy. Yeah, I don't. If, if you're already in the NBA and you have no restrictions on how much coaching you can do in a day, you have no recruiting obligations, you don't have to woo a 16, 17, 18-year-old kid and their family, why? What is the what is the? It has to be personal. It has to be personal, right? It has to be personal. And here's... We've seen before, like an NBA assistant gets a job, right? And they announce the other team announces it, and it's like, well, you know, John Doe will continue coaching with the, you know, whatever team through the course of the playoffs, and then we'll. We've seen that. So if I'm, if that's the case, and again, like you said, it's a theory. Was it, was it Tom? Didn't Tom Thibodeau do that with the Celtics back in the day when he got the Bulls job? I think. Yeah, it's that. not. It's happened. It's not uncommon. Yeah. There's really no need to. You know, it's fine, right? You say they're going to go and then they'll be here. And if that's, if this, and again, I, I'm with you, it's June 11th. I have no idea. I mean, I didn't think we'd still be talking about this, uh, especially because like Chester happens the day that Orlando and Chen are announced. You're like, all right, this party is going to move on pretty quickly here. And it has not at all. Jeff happened it, the day Steven was announced, right? Right. So like, if that's the case, wouldn't it be beneficial? Because I, we've talked about this, Jeremy. I don't think this is like 
like drastically hurting the program. I, I, I don't. It's more still annoying than anything. It's more annoying for us and fans. <laughs> I, I am painfully annoyed by where this has been, but it's not hurting. They're still recruiting. Would it be better with three? Of course. That's why you're allowed three. It would be better. But you're also kind of fighting like, you know, I'm sure other coaches who are talking to these kids like, oh, you're visiting Illinois. Do they, what's going on there? It's kind of a, you know, weird thing with just two. Wouldn't it just optically make sense to be like, hey, we're getting this, you know, this guy here will, will, will join our program after, you know, this NBA team is out of the playoff. That would make sense. Just announce it and, you know, do the whole thing later yeah. if that's the case. So I don't, dude, I have no idea. I don't, I, I don't know. And, Again, like basically, if it doesn't happen on Friday, I'm just waiting until the next Friday because that seems to be when this thing goes. It's been the last two have been Friday announcements, if I'm not mistaken. Um, yeah. Well, Chris since, Paul and Devin Booker don't seem like they want the Suns out of the playoffs anytime soon. And so. don't give up on big men too soon because DeAndre Ayton has right. a word in that. Yeah. No, but man, that, that draft, I was a Doncic guy, but I got taking Ayton number one. I did not get Bagley number two. That, that made no sense to me, but I digress. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's just weird, man. It's really, really weird. And, and again, I, I know people want to scream and yell and this is, you know, tanking. This has been a weird offseason. Like, no one's saying, like, that happens. It doesn't. It doesn't. It just doesn't. Like, you yeah. don't lose all three assistants. Listen, they're gonna they're, they're gonna hire somebody, and they're gonna hire somebody who's qualified. Like, yeah. we can judge it, right? Like, we can judge it when it happens. Like when we figure out who the hire is. Like, so people wanting me to go off about oh, Brad's failing, he's missing out on these guys. I, I don't know that. I I don't know. I, I assume the hire will be qualified because Illinois has got money to throw around. It's a Big Ten job. And, and a guy like Tim Anderson would be qualified. A guy like Omar Lowry would be qualified. Whether you think that's a good enough hire on the surface, I don't know if you thought Chin Coleman was, right? Like, I don't know if you thought Stephen Gentry was. Everyone loved Jamal Walker, and that didn't work out for them, right, for whatever reason. I really like Jamal, and he's doing a good job at Grand Canyon. Obviously, he made the tournament last year. But, um, you know, I, let's just see what it is. It's just I, I have no other explanation about why it's taking this long. I, yeah, man, I don't know. Like we've talked a lot, like me, you and Piper have talked about this and we, we've pitched an idea that it's not, it's, I don't know. I, I don't know. Uh, you know, we, I think Twitter changed the algorithm so we can no longer see the order of followers <laughs> and, and following, which has completely just tied my hands because at this point, like I have no idea what, what that is. I just um, did this a long time ago. I'm like, I, I, I could, I can keep digging and I, you know, I, I ask around, but it's just like, Brad's got it on lockdown and he'll let us know when he lets us know. At this point. I, there is, I, I will tell this story eventually when we get to this point, how Brad Underwood has managed to completely turn the water off of any rumors regarding this coaching surge. It, it's frankly kind of stuff a legend, yeah. dude. Yeah. It's insane that he, he's had presumably interviews or presumably communications and you're not hearing from an agent. You're not hearing from a, you know, even a parent like, oh, yeah, we took an official and we met Jeff and Chester and Brad and yeah. this other. Oh, I shouldn't have said that. Because usually it leaks not through like the, the Illinois basketball office, right? It's through somebody connected yeah. or somehow. And he's yeah. completely shut the water off on all of this, which tells me he's either had this thing. If, if it's an NBA guy, it's like, I. Got it. See when your run is over, and there's nothing to. There's no water running at that point, right. or he has just done this wild job of completely turning everything off because it's 
Good for Brad, man. Yeah. You, it's hard to do what he's done. To, and you, I know people you, are going to be like, yeah, it's not good for Brad. I want to know. And I'm sure you do. But this is So do I. <laughs> uh, but Brad, Brad told us once, you guys don't know bleep. And uh, with this, he's right. With this third assistant, he's definitely bleeped at that time. <laughs> All right. I uh, want to bring up a couple other things. Uh, Illinois extended two new offers at that North Central camp. Um, I got to watch Brian Allen, the 2022 defensive end. He transferred from Marion Central Catholic in Woodstock, uh, Illinois, to St. Thomas More School out in Connecticut. And I saw him at a camp in January, and he was really impressive going up against guys like Valen Erickson, who just got an Illinois offer, Luke Dalton, who camped at Illinois. Uh, but he's more of a guard, so they're gonna uh, they're not going to pursue him at this point, at least at least offer him. But he's a really good player. And Brian was just absolutely dominant. And I'll, I'll share a little bit of a story. Uh, it was it was clear Kane was gonna offer him. Like Kane and Jameson wanted to offer him. They made it pretty clear after one rep. There you go. Yeah, they they knew right away they were gonna offer this kid. But six three two sixty and uh, really explosive. Ran a sub five forty uh, at this place uh, and had a nine foot broad jump. So I think he could be a, th- a five technique in a three four defense. If they wanted to thin him up a little bit, he could possibly be an outside linebacker, but I think he'll be more that that five tech. Uh, they also offered a, a, a 2023 kid, a Chicago brother Rice, Roderick Pierce, who's big kid, athletic, quick. Uh, but Joey, they keep offering in-state kids, man. Mal- Malachi Hood we talked about last time. And while they aren't getting any top 10 kids yet, we'll see with Jacob Bostic, Austin Brown, no matter depending on which rankings you look at. And they're obviously in on Jared Beatty, Ian Pugh. That like eight or seven through thirty range, they are offering all those kids. They are making them priorities, and they're landing a lot of them so far. Five commitments in state so far. Again, we'll see how this all works out. But the way they're offering these kids and offering kids without other Power Five offers, um, they are they are making good on their promise and Brett Bielma's message that they're going to make the in state a priority. They followed through, man. And uh, I don't see that letting up in future years. Kind of like Lovey made that promise, did it, did pretty well at it, and then he decided it wasn't worth it. I'm going to go to Texas, Florida, Georgia, and try to get talent that way. Then went to the transfer portal. Uh, I think Bielma was going to keep this up. And, and, and the way coaches talk about him, parents talk about him, prospects talk about him, um, it's resonated, man. You know, I'll share this, Jamie. When Brett first made all of these calls, and that was the thing, right? Colorado High School, they they tweeted out their map regions, the whole nine yards. Really a nice plan of attack to to let everybody know. I I thought a lot of what they did there was – was pretty impressive in this and just put it on the table and we're going to tell you we're doing this. And if we're not, there's no hiding, right? We, we yeah. told you guys who was going to be there. If you've not heard from us, you can, you know, the roasting is there to be had. Almost if made themselves accountable by putting it all out there. Exactly what they did. And I talked to a high school coach uh, in the Decatur area and, and I was like, he's, and they said, like, I had a good talk with, with Tony Peterson, who, who is that area's, I, I don't even, liaison, I, I guess, which is a weird thing to call an offensive Because what we've seen, Jeremy, with a lot of these guys is there's a lead, but I don't feel like the gap between, like, who's leading the recruitment and every other coach on the roster is very uh, big. I, 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 can, feel tell like you, I all, can tell you that is true, and that was not the case before. Right. Yeah, I, I feel like it's like, space okay, space. this is the target, you know, let, you know, let's say Corey, we, we've, we've known Corey for a little, we know how he, he leads on a lot of, or had led on a lot of guys and continues to work, you know, pretty good. It's not like, okay, I've talked to Corey and I've talked to a GA and I've talked to somebody else. It's like, I've talked to Corey and I've talked to every single other person on the coaching staff, which is an interest. I mean, it's not, 
you know, it's not a complete group, but it, it doesn't take long to get there. It doesn't look like. And well, I thought I thought in the past staff, Lovey Smith staff, uh, I felt like there were too ma- a couple guys doing too much heavy lifting in, mm-hmm. in recruiting. And, you, and and I know you could probably make the case with basketball a little bit the last couple of years. Right. But it, but it worked for basketball. For football, it didn't work. But there was a time when you had Corey Patterson, Thad Ward, Austin Clark, Rod Smith got in. When they would go down to St. Louis and all go together, go down to Florida and all go together, or, or Lovey Smith was real, when he was really invested in the kid and he brought his staff with him, they were the land kids like Johnny Newton, who's a difference maker, like Keith Randolph, Isaiah Williams, Shimon Cooper. Um, when they did that together, Moses Akpala is another one. Those are difference makers. And now I think you have a whole staff of that. You have a whole staff of guys that are invested, that are on the same page, that are all involved. So, yes, it's not just – so we have, like, a lead recruiter on our 24-7 thing, and then we have a, a secondary recruiter. Like, I feel like it could be four or five guys uh, for some of those kids. So Yeah, secondary um, right? Yeah. It's all of them. Yeah. And we see that. And so I talked to this coach who uh, – I said, you know, what do you think? Because Illinois had largely – I don't want to out the coach, but it had largely, this is some power five kids that have come out of there and had largely really not been invested in, in what was going on there. And they said, look, this is great. This is a good start, but call me on early signing day when they have their first full class and see how many Illinois kids are in there because yeah, they can put out the offers and they can do this, but do they take the kids? Are they committable offers? How many? And I, I would feel comfortable calling on signing day. I've been like, Probably better than both you and I expected. You could call and, now and say, hey, that might have been like the higher end of what I thought. Yeah, and I, I mean, I did not expect this rash of in-state kids. I mean, they, they've done a good job. So we'll see. And again, you're right. Lovey, Lovey did this his first year and, and did it so well, so well. Yeah. Like I, I talked to somebody, Jeremy, when Lovey would go to Florida, he was a rock star. Mm-hmm. I mean, just a, a rock star. He was still a rock star in Illinois. He led the Bears to the freaking Super Bowl. Right. I mean, everybody knows lovey and it just never happened and it f- fell apart. And I, I get that. I don't get it, but I, that's what happened. Um, but I, I don't, you're right. I don't see this being like, okay, the 20, 2022 class is going to be in state rah, rah. And we're going to go elsewhere for, yeah. I, I just don't see that. It's just not something that's computing with me. It could happen. Anything could happen. It's just hard for me to find a path there. Yeah. I did uh, the daily digest the other day when they got hood, I, I kind of broke down what the state of Illinois looks like uh, in the class of 2022 and Oklahoma, Ohio state, Michigan have taken the top three kids, right? Luther Burden, Caleb Brown, Tyler Morris, all wide receivers. State is stacked with wide receivers this year. Northwestern has three of the top nine. So Pat Fitzgerald is doing just fine. Right, he's doesn't seem intimidated by Brett Bielema, though I, they, I expect them to be in battles here. Rutgers has one in Rashad Rochelle. Um, but Illinois is doing really well in that 20 to 30 range. They got Jordan Anderson, Malachi Hood, Hank Beatty, Clayton Leonard, um, and they have Henry Boyer, who's a, a top 30 kid uh, for 24-7 sports. But they're in the mix for Jacob Bostic, who's a, taking an official visit this week, number seven in the composite rankings in state. Ian Pugh's number 12. Jared Beatty's 13, Austin Brown's 14. We have them seven by 24-7 sports. Aiden Lawfrey's number 17. Um, and let's see here. They got a couple more kids in state they're looking at, obviously. But that's that's what I expect. Like, that's where you can live if you're Illinois. If you can get one or two top 10 kids every year, I think you're doing really well. And then you can own that 10 to 30 range. Like I think Illinois can end up with seven or eight of those kids uh, in the 10 to 30 range, or maybe even eight or nine. I think it's really possible. And that to me, 
is pretty impressive because I do think it matters to get in-state kids. That's your foundation. That's where you get good relationships, and that leads to more uh, in the future. And then, of course, yes, you got to go. You got to go get talent elsewhere. And Brett Bielma's done that, whether it was Florida, whether it was other areas when he was at Wisconsin, Arkansas. Man, he understands that. But as he saw at Wisconsin, as he saw at Iowa, as he saw at Kansas State, man, if you're not getting the local kids, uh, it's it's hard to keep that thing going. And I think if you keep getting local kids, more local kids will want to go there. And that just builds on itself. It's just like, that's what we do, right? Like, they're going to be under consideration. Yeah, we'll consider uh, the big schools when they come in, some other Big Ten schools. Maybe I want to go to Iowa. Maybe Ohio State offers. Yeah, you can't pass that up. But, like, if you just make it a thing where it's like, hey, in-state kids, a lot of them go to Illinois, it just feeds on itself year after year. And there's so much to be said about, one, you want to win football games. And there are kids in the state of Illinois who can absolutely help you do that. But because, you know, you build these relationships, Jeremy, and all of a sudden you're talking to a coach at at whatever school and they said, hey, I've got this, the sophomore, no one knows about him yet, but you guys could know about him. And suddenly you know about him and you you build a relationship as early as you can build a relationship. And it's it's a trickle down effect. And I think this year is so interesting because Brett was hired in December, right? December. He is selling hope that, that that is a big, I mean, that's a huge pitch. That's the first year pitch that everybody gets a free one to sell. You know, we're going to win these games. We're going to do this, but also like you can sell hope as much as you want at Illinois. They've not won football games. I, I mean, so it's an interesting balance between selling hope and fighting against the past while also trying to establish and build new relationships. It's not really the easiest kind of a delicate dance a little bit here. And I think they're working it, as well. I mean, if you can get a couple of the top 10 kids in future classes, good for you. I mean, a lot of programs, Jeremy, drink out of the well of Chicago and the Metro East. Uh, and they do it because they win games when they drink out of that well. And so that, those are big fights. But you start to look and again, the commits they have now, there were not a lot of power five recruiting battles, but it, and we expect there to be, and this isn't going to be the complete class. So I feel confident saying we expect there to be another wave of commitments. I don't know who they're going to be, but most everybody else that they're in on has power five. I mean, these are power five recruiting yeah. battles. This is what it is moving forward. And it's not Illinois in the top five. Yeah, I mean, just, just yeah. to, just to put it out there, I, I don't expect them to go over with Pew, Beatty, um, Bostic, all those guys, right? I think they're going to land, some of these top 15 kids. I do too. And that means they're winning power five recruiting battle has been. I, I don't know, Keith Randolph get, was the last big one. Who was Keith Randolph? Really? I mean, Josh Gesky had a couple power five offers. But the, the 2021 class was not very power five offer heavy. If I'm not mistaken, right. uh, uh, Brody Weisscarver. Yeah, certainly. Well, I'm just saying like in-state kids, like, you oh know, yeah, in-state. Yeah. There's, but it's Keith Randolph was the last like top 25 guy they got. Uh, Josh Geske had some power five offers, but um, yeah, it's, it's been a while since they've been able to land though. So that, that's what they got to prove next, but I expect that to happen. And, and you talked about like, Hey, we get relationships with coaches. They kind of let you know who's coming up. Like that's what Malachi Hood and Jordan Anderson were. I mean, most people know who Jordan Anderson was, but you know, Illinois was told, Hey, you should really get in on this kid. And then another example of that's Caden Feagan out of Arthur. Right, they were the first one in on that kid, six three two twenty. I heard he ran a, a sub four six forty at a recent camp. Like that kid's going to get huge offers, and Illinois was in first. Right, I, I think that's really really important. It is, and 
you know, first offers are different for everybody. Some, it means a lot, you know, but to get there and to be there and, and really to me, Jeremy, it shows other school. And I, I don't think Brett really cares about this, but it shows other schools. It shows people in the state that like, Hey, we have a pulse on what's going on here. We know what's happening in, in the state of Illinois and, and yeah, other schools can come in, but no one's going to know more about high school football in this state than yeah. we are. And, and that's an important message. I think for coaches to be able to sell. So it's, it's different, man. It's different. It's, it's fun. I, I, it's fun for us. There's a lot of offers, a lot of in-state. I mean, we get a chance, Jeremy, to like go see people play football. Now. I, I, I told, I told one of the coaches, I go, now I don't have to go to Florida and make this big trip out of it. I can just, you know, go to these in-state games every weekend. It's, it's, it's great. Uh, before we get out of here, I do want to bring up the uh, 12 team, college football playoff that seems likely the working committee is going to put this forward it sounds like the college commissioners and Notre Dame are going to vote on this uh, coming up in a week so the six highest ranked conference champions plus six at large spots and our guy Chris Homer at 24-7 sports our national guy uh, does this so well so the college football playoff started the four team in 2014 if you would have done the 12 team during that entire time the big 10 would have had more teams making appearances during that stretch than any other conference. One more than the SEC, so 20 of them. And if you think about it, it's because Ohio State's always in there, right? Mostly. They've been there four times, I believe, in in seven years. But it's the Iowas, the even Michigan, uh, Penn State has been in that top 10 area that entire time. Northwestern uh, has been in that area. Minnesota and Indiana the last couple years have had those chances. So I think I think this is a great thing for college football. I I think so. Um, the bowl system to me, like you can still have bowl games, but those New Year's Six games, yeah, they're fun matchups, but there's not a lot at stake in those games. They're just you know obviously kind of just exhibition games mostly. I know those players play hard, they want to play, but I think this gives more people a chance. How many Cinderella national champions are we going to have? Probably not a lot. But we don't have a lot in college basketball either, right? Like we we have mostly good teams. The great teams win, and that's the point. But I think it's great to have access. And teams like Coast Carolina, Cincinnati, UCF, they'll all, all have access to this. But I also think, I mean, you get a great Illinois team, like the one that won the Big Ten in 2001, they have a chance. Like they'd be a seven or eight seed in that. The team in 2007, I don't know if they would have made it, but they would have had a chance. Like, you could have dream of that. So, Illinois, probably not going to have many 10-win seasons. But the one you do, you probably have a chance to get to the college football playoff. Like, think of how great that would have been for Indiana. And I know people don't like P.J. Fleck around here. But think about how great that would have been for Minnesota. Just to make a college football playoff. Um, I, I think it's great. Makes more money for everybody. Um, the players... I think they can stay healthy. We do this with FCS kids. I don't know why FBS is any different. Like we play FCS, how many games those kids play. Like I, I think the health aspect of it. Uh, I think that was just trying to protect the bowl game. So, twelve. I'm shocked. I'm shocked they went here, Joey. Um, but I think it makes sense. Like I thought they were going to go to eight, and then maybe eventually they'll go to twelve or sixteen. But the jump to twelve, I'm I'm in favor of it because I think it's great to have more access to it. Yeah, I think it's going to be fun to have like essentially conference championship games become play-in games. Yes. That's awesome. You're, you're, you're probably going to see, I would suspect less. I mean, those new year six bowls are fun and they, the bulls love them because they make a lot of money. Um, that's what they, that, that's probably been a lot of the uphill fight. And how about but, those uh, first round games on campuses? That's going to be awesome. 
they should also have the second round games. There's no reason Alabama, Ohio State, Clemson, and, and either Notre Dame or other SEC teams should not host. Have the second round games into your semifinals at at your money makers. Can, can you, you know, whatever? Can you imagine like Florida going up to Minnesota to play a game? That'd be awesome. Obviously, <laughs> but you know those New Year's Six games. There's so many opt outs. It, it's opt out. I, I don't blame. But I am not somebody who's like I can't believe they opted out. No, I can, and I probably would too. But and maybe you'll see less of that because now those New Year's Six games or whatever they come to be are college football playoff games, and there's less reason to opt out of those games. And, and I'm sure, you know, people on the upper ends of college football are like, oh, boy, we're losing our stars when we want our stars on TV. And, well, you should because it doesn't it doesn't help them to play. So that that's going to be awesome, seeing these games on campuses, man. That is. They, they should – I think they should change it, make the second round on campuses too, and then go from there and just – it's just nothing like it, man. Like, yeah. Let it be packed and, and let Florida go to Minnesota and freeze. And I'll be great. I, I think there's, if you, if you want to make the argument like, Hey, like we're not going to get any different champions. I'd probably agree with that. I still think Alabama, Clemson, Ohio state, and they'll have some other team that maybe takes a rise like Clemson has the last decade. And maybe they'll become a powerhouse. Like maybe Florida becomes the powerhouse again under Dan Mullen or something like that. But, um, I, I get that. Like they're they're still going to be powerhouses, but we have that in other sports too. Like we we have that in other sports too. But the greatness about college basketball is everyone at least can dream of a chance, right? Of, of getting in the tournament and making some noise. So if you're in the if you're if you win a college football playoff game, like if Indiana or Boise State back in the day, yeah. they, they beat Oklahoma to get to the semifinals. Like think of how big of a deal that is. Like that, I think that's fantastic or even get to a quarterfinal, whatever it would be, but that would be so much fun to have the possibility of a team like that making a run or a team like Illinois or Indiana or Purdue or these teams that never frankly have a chance. Like it just opens things up a little bit for them and allows them to dream a little bit more. And for me, it's kind of like baseball expanded this, you know, I don't love the one game wild card. I wish there were a couple more games, but the fact that you have more teams, hopefully they can win a World Series in September, I think is a good thing. And I, you could talk about belittling the regular season. Stop with that. It's still You're still playing 12 games. Every game matters. It just means one loss isn't going to knock you out, or, or maybe even two losses is going to knock you out of consideration. I, I don't think that's a bad thing. No, it's not a bad thing at all. And, you know, the, people buy in like, whatever 16 seed or whoever it is wins a game. It shouldn't be 16 that has happened once. Let's say 14 seed wins a game in the NCAA tournament. Everyone's like, yo, what time are they playing in the second round? They're probably going to get smashed in the second round because that's what happens most of the time. Bring that in football, man. Then you got a week, a week of people just going crazy over this coastal Carolina or Boise state team. And, and all of a sudden this team that's been, let's say Boise state been out West and no one, you know, beyond the state of Iowa knows who the heck they are because they've been asleep for hours by the time Boise State's playing. Now, all of a sudden, you have a lot of people caring about this team that they really didn't know a darn thing about. And by the way, they've got blue turf. That's cool enough, I suppose. Like, all of this factors in. And in terms of a media coverage standpoint, and not just for us, but just a broad picture, it's fun. You're going to learn more. Like, I think people are like, okay, like we just did it. Alabama, Clemson, Ohio state. Great. Okay. Yeah. We know Nick Saban. I heard he's good. And you're going to get more. Well, and, I, and I wonder, I mean, most of these kids go to these places to 
to play in the NFL. Like those that level of like, hey, Nick Saban develops NFL players and they they win games, right? Um, so I think they'll continue to do that. But I wonder if like, hey, after a while, you see a team make the college football playoff a couple times. Maybe Wisconsin could hit another level and more kids like five stars would have gone there if they're in the college football playoff and beat somebody and get to the semis or get to the court, whatever it is. Like maybe that opens a door where there could be more parity. I, I don't know if that's going to be the case, but I think maybe it opens up the door a little bit more for that. I don't know. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, if I'm a, let's use Wisconsin, right? If I'm at Wisconsin, I'm a coach. We've been in the college football playoff. Let's say we've been a six seed and that's been fun. And we, we've been a six seed in two of the last three years. And Hey, Mr. Five star, we could really get up to that four mark. If you come here and, and help us, that's a much more attractive pitch than, you know, we could be in Indianapolis at the end of the season playing in a Big Ten title game that you'll get to see Ohio State that way. That's just a little more fun, and it changes the pitch a little bit. And and I could see – and look, maybe that won't happen. That's kind of a – I don't want to say a pipe dream, but it's, you know, there is a reason when Clemson, Alabama, Ohio State offers, it takes a mountain to yeah. move a kid off of wanting to go there. But if that happens, man, that's even better. And all of a sudden it's – it's more good teams and the gap starts to close a little bit, but it's, I don't want to wait till 2023, man. Let's get this party moving. It'll be fun. It'll be uh, awesome. Let's save and uh, get to four more years of, of winning it in a row. Probably you're here at this point with the 14 playoff. All right, Joey Wagner, man, have a good weekend. Uh, I'm going to sweat through my boy's wedding uh, this weekend, but uh, uh, it's, it's good to know uh, going into next week, we're going to meet with Whitman. We'll have our list of questions that we've had for a long time for, for Josh Whitman. We'll get to meet with Brett Bielma and, and his staff a little bit with this recruiting tour. Uh, it's getting back to normal, man. It feels great. I can't wait, man. I, I thought yesterday, I'm like, yeah, it's kind of been a slow back into the week a little bit. And I'm like, man, a week from now, we're going to see people face to face. We're going to talk to We're going to see each other. Yeah. Like not you and I, just broadly the beat. I mean, we really haven't. I think we probably encountered, you know, football games, basketball games. But it's, even then, it was just kind of like, oh, hey, but make sure you do stay over there a little bit. It's going to be cool, man. I'm really excited. Have a good weekend, man. Bye, man. Great stuff as always from Joey Wagner, even though I had to go back and do a beep. I don't think I've had to do that on this podcast before, so – I'll have to go back and do that right now, but we're going to chat with Brett Bielma here about uh, open capacity here in just a few minutes, uh, but it is great. It's going to be great to see all you guys back at, at Memorial Stadium, um, at State Farm Center. It's just you guys make college athletics um, even better. I mean, it was great watching the basketball team this year, and, and the athletes are the stars of the shows, and the coaches do a great job, uh, but man, the atmosphere is, is, is what I think makes college athletics so good, so it's great to have that back. All right, everybody, have a great weekend. Take care of each other. Stay cool, and we'll talk to you next time on the Online Inquirer podcast. Hello, everyone. It's Michael Richards here. You might have seen me on CBS working on their Champions League coverage over the last couple of years. I wanted to tell you about an exciting new podcast that I've been working on it's called The Rest is Football. It's me, alongside Gary Lineker and Alan Shearer, two absolute legends of the game. The show combines topical debate from the world of soccer along with outrageous tales from our careers. And I mean, outrageous. Just search The Rest is Football wherever you get your podcasts. All the best from Big Meets.